From deep inside the vaults of the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, here is Tom Holmes, your curator and guide to vintage electronic music and audio experimentation. This episode, Synthesizer Demonstration Records, Part 2. The sound of the ARP synthesizer. It's everywhere you listen. On television and radio. In the classroom. On stage with world-famous performers, in nightclubs, recording studios, the RCA Electronic Music Synthesizer, a system capable of creating any sound which has ever been produced and any sound that may be imagined by the human mind. Except for the voice of the narrator, all the sounds you will hear who have produced chronic music A true synthesizer does more than produce a wide variety of new and striking musical sounds. It provides the, the oscillators create the basic sounds used by electronic music composers. Unlike an organ, the most common oscillator-produced sound a is a sine wave. Allows the musician to select and shape. Most each classic individual studios also have generators to create square Thus, waves. The musician himself constructs or synthesizes and the desired white sound noise. quality. Occasionally, a studio has generators for a sawtooth wave. Listen to this, our Odyssey students' interesting interpretation of a or other easily produced wave forms. The only time noise and music coincided were in the minds of avant-garde ratbag composers, or on the magnetic tape of a tape recorder. God threw up his hands in resignation and said, Get it together, man. This podcast is the second of two parts featuring historic demo recordings of electronic music instruments. In this episode, we will continue the story with the demos spanning the early history of ARP, up through digital synthesis and sampling in the 1980s, including demos of the Emu emulator, Synclavier, and Fairlight CMI. So officially, what is a demo record? It is a recording released on any medium, usually but not always vinyl, produced and released by the instrument maker itself to promote their product. As I have collected demo recordings over the years, I realized that in retrospect, these recordings not only preserve the sound of these original instruments, but also represent, through audio examples, the intentions of the manufacturers in making these instruments available. What kinds of sounds could be produced? How easy was it to control and compose with these instruments? How did a given piece of equipment differ from others in what was a highly competitive market? Once a musician purchased one of these instruments, they were basically on their own to figure out how to produce those intricate sounds heard on the demo. 
It is no surprise, then, that these demo recordings often soft-pedal the difficulty of making a synthesizer work while playing up the variety of sounds and effects that could be achieved, which is what makes most of these demos so charming. There was also the fear that synthesizers would eventually replace musicians of other instruments by deftly imitating their sounds. And while claims of entering a future full of synthesizers was actually realized, the synth keyboard didn't end up dominating the music industry by replacing other musicians, but by becoming an important part of the entire tapestry of music of the times, especially in the control and programming of music in the studio. For part two, we will hear demo recordings for the following. We will begin with not one, but six demo tracks featuring various ARP instruments. ARP became the market leader prior to the emergence of Yamaha with the DX7. We will hear various tunes and narration, one by musician Roger Powell, around the ARP 2500, 2600, the pro soloist, Omni, and finally a combination of these. Then remember the synthesizer kits made by PAIA? we'll listen to an early demo for the models 2720 and 4700 from Electro Harmonics, maker of guitar pedals and effects. We will hear two tracks featuring a wide variety of gear from a talk box to the ring modulator. Then from the Netherlands came the little remembered modular synth from another kit maker, ESS. It was called the Elector Formant. We have some examples from Rocky Mount Instruments, or RMI, of the RMI keyboard computer. We have two sides of a sequential circuits demo for the Prophet 5. Then, entering the world of digital synthesis and samplers, we have some great demos from Synclavier, Emu Emulator, and Fairlight, followed by the organ-like sounds of the Equinox 380 music computer from CBS. We finish with two demos from the opposite ends of the Yamaha spectrum, a demonstration of the Electone FX1 organ-like synthesizer console, and then the programmable DX7, which I believe is the top-selling synthesizer of all time. Notes about each of these recordings can be found in the playlist of the podcast website. Let's listen now to part two of Synthesizer Demo Records. This is Tom Holmes on the Archive of Electronic Music. All the sounds on this recording, with the exception of my voice, were created using the ARP Model 2600 synthesizer. The 2600 includes three voltage-controlled oscillators, which provide the raw sound source material. The pitch of these oscillators can be controlled by the keyboard or by the knobs on the console panel. Noise is also provided as a sound source. The ARP keyboard controller isn't limited to conventional 12-tone scales. Microtones or other scale tunings are available. Here is an example of a quarter tone scale with 24 notes to the octave. These raw signals can be processed or modified through a voltage controlled filter 
which alters the high frequencies or overtones of a signal passed through the filter. The filter can be controlled by the keyboard too, or by envelope generators, which can produce attacks and decays. Certain settings of the envelope generator controls and filter controls process the raw signals from the oscillators and noise generator into conventional instrumental sounds and sound effects. modulator produces very rich complicated sounds by combining two simple raw signals in a special distortion circuit. The sample and hold circuit produces a series of random voltages which can be used to control the oscillators or filter. The sample and hold circuit can also be programmed to produce repetitive patterns. Reverberation adds spatial depth to the sounds, but the reverberation can also be used in the ARP 2600 as a signal modifier, producing unusual musical effects. The envelope follower permits external signals from microphones, guitar pickups, or other electronic or amplified instruments to control the synthesizer functions. Sounds like the human voice can be processed into abstract musical timbres. Other functions available on the ARP 2600 include a microphone preamplifier, voltage processors, electronic switch, a voltage-controlled amplifier, plus panning and mixing facilities all of which contribute to the versatility of the ARP 2600 in live performance or studio applications.
You're listening to the Arp Omni, a new polyphonic electronic keyboard that can create a full range of orchestral and synthesizer sounds. Basically, the Omni is divided into two sections, strings and synthesizer. Using a little reverb and echo to simulate a live performance atmosphere, the Omni's string section can produce realistic violins. The rich sound of violas. Violin and viola together. String cellos and bass with a separate volume control. And any combination, like violin with cellos or a full complement of viola, cello, violin, and string bass. The Omni's exclusive waveform enhancement and chorus phaser controls let you add to the string effects with a push of a button. For example, here are the violas alone. with the waveform enhancement switch. Then adding the chorus phaser. The ARP Omni's synthesizer section adds another dimension to the sounds available from a single keyboard you can produce a full spectrum of electric and acoustic piano and harpsichord sounds. The Omni's stereo circuitry lets you put piano on one side of the room and strings on the other. So playing staccato produces just the piano. Playing legato brings in the string section. sounds are also possible on the Omni, and once again the stereo effects bring out the realism. Sound good? The Omni gets even better. With a split keyboard, you can create synthesizer bass lines with your left hand while you add the string section with your right.
An accessory filter pedal permits some great synthesizer sounds and effects. And a sustain foot switch that works like the sustain pedal on a piano gives the Omni a very natural sound and feeling. The ARP Omni, an incredibly expressive musical instrument. Now that you've heard some of what it can do, take the next step. Get your hands on an ARP Omni.
the sound of the ARP synthesizer. It's everywhere you listen. On television and radio, in the classroom, on stage with world-famous performers, in nightclubs, recording studios, film studios, and in the homes of amateur musicians all across the country. No matter what your musical tastes, ARP Instruments, the maker of the world's largest family of synthesizers, has an instrument to fit your style. From the easy-to-play, tab-operated ARP Soloist to the elegant concert grand of synthesizers, the ARP 2500. From the musical hobbyist to the most demanding professional, ARP synthesizers meet the needs of every musician seeking to expand his musical horizons. Let's take a listen to some of the music created by ARP synthesizer owners. First, we'll tune in on Pete Townsend of The Who. For almost a decade, an enormously influential and innovative force in rock music. Pete's three ARP synthesizers are featured prominently on The Who's recent sellout album, Who's Next? Next, in Roger Powell's ballad, The Glowing Far Horizon, we see how a synthesizer, in this case the ARP 2600, blends with traditional instruments to create rich and flowing orchestral textures. In a jazz vein, this excerpt from Roger's Ictus was performed entirely on ARP synthesizers. The bass and horn lines were played on an ARP soloist, while an ARP Odyssey is used to play the sound of a lead guitar. same instruments that are turning on performing musicians everywhere are also revolutionizing concepts in music education. With tonal resources beyond that of even a symphony orchestra, an ARP synthesizer becomes a powerful and effective tool for teaching arranging and orchestration. Listen to this ARP Odyssey student's interesting interpretation of a Bartok Romanian folk dance.
But what really excites both students and teachers about ARP synthesizers is the creation of their own compositions using sounds of their own invention that have never been heard before. But where does all this leave the millions of amateur musicians who just want to have fun entertaining their friends and family? The ARP soloist is the only synthesizer designed to complement any home organ or piano. You can play the authentic sounds of nearly any musical instrument instantly. Listen to this rendition of San Antonio Rose, played by organist Dave Fredericks, using the ARP soloist. In this recording, Dave accompanies himself and creates a one-man band using the cassette recorder in his organ. Yes, ARP synthesizers are having a dramatic impact on every aspect of today's music. Chosen by discriminating musicians of all types for their ruggedness, ease of playing, and dramatic tonal quality, the ARP family of synthesizers leads the musical instrument industry forward into the age of the synthesizers. to experience the pie synthesizer, a machine as far removed from conventional musical instruments as a pipe organ is from a child's whistle. Some of the things you will hear may seem familiar, others strange and unique. Bear in mind that unless otherwise noted, all of the sounds that you hear were produced using Pia 2720 or 4700 series modules. More than any other instrument, a synthesizer becomes an extension of the musician himself. Some may prefer the totally electronic compositions that can be produced using the Pi equipment and even the most inexpensive reel-to-reel -reel tape recorders. The plane of fear movement from the original work Epsilon Buddhist by Richard Bug is an excellent example of what inexpensive equipment and a fertile imagination can create. Using a single keyboard instrument, this piece was produced on a stereo recorder without benefit of tape splicing, playback synchronization, or sound-on-sound -sound equipment.
to others, the ultimate in music is a few friends jamming together. In Outward Bound from Epsilon Buddhist, we have Furman Johnson on acoustic bass, Ron Morrow on drums and cymbals, with Richard playing piano and lead synthesizer. when processed through pi modules. In Richard's work, Planetfall, a 4710 balance modulator combines the output of a Lawrence audio piano with a concert A sine wave to produce a counterpoint line that is exceptionally rich in overtones. seven minutes allowed for this demonstration is far too short a time. We have selected these pieces specifically to show that Pi equipment can be applied to an entire spectrum of applications from the performing artist to the serious amateur who derives as much pleasure from the act of creation as he does from entertaining others. If you find some things you like here, we're glad. That's what it's all about.
listening to Synthesizer Demonstration Records, Part 2 on the Archive of Electronic Music. This is Tom Holmes.
In the beginning, there was silence. wisdom listened to the silence and with a touch of omnipotence observed mm, mm, mm. bit flat better put in a music bridge or an effect or two so he created the piano and with characteristic thoroughness a man to play it take it away man Take it away, he did. Took over, in fact. Man, that perverse little creature, was not satisfied with one instrument, so he created endless varieties of noisemakers, from the sublime... to the ridiculous. Some were distinctly musical, enhancing his mood and emphasizing his actions. Whereas others were strictly practical, punctuating his performance or magnifying his mistakes. Oh, shit! The only time noise and music coincided were in the minds of avant-garde ratbag composers or on the magnetic tape of a tape recorder. God threw up his hands in resignation and said, Get it together, man. So man created the emulator. The emulator gives you any effect exactly when you want it. The emulator makes any effect into a musical experience. If you want to create a sonata of snoring, a glissando of glassware, a cadenza of clapping, Gavotte of garbage bins. A bourree of blasts. Oh, you just want to tell the world that there's a song in your fart. You've just got to use the emulator. Emulator. 
created by man to take up where God left off. Andrew Thomas Wilson has the emulator. Your prayers have been answered. Music by Andrew Thomas Wilson. Engineering, Spencer Lee. Script by Barry Wills. Marcus Hale speaking. This recording is an introduction to the Fairlight Computer Musical Instrument. It's a collection of musical extracts which contain no sounds other than those produced by the Fairlight. The CMI can be used either to digitally synthesize new sounds or accurately perform acoustic and natural sounds which are digitally memorized directly from a microphone or tape. Remember, apart from my voice, the Fairlight has produced every sound you'll hear.
Only one note of a sampled sound is necessary for it to play polyphonically right across the keyboard. The CMI digitizes the sound, turning it into thousands of numbers which describe its whole waveform. The CMI can then play the sound back at any pitch, modify it, and even combine it with other synthesized or sampled sounds. Once a sound has been created, it can be saved on floppy disk for later use. As well as the touch-sensitive keyboard, faders and foot pedals provide real expression control for every type of sound. These performance features control glide, vibrato, sustained loop timbre, touch-sensitive attack, level and decay. versatile musician, a CMI, a multi-track recorder, and you really do have a one-man band. sequencer records live keyboard performances which can be played back at any speed without pitch change. Extremely difficult phrases, normally a challenge to play, are made much easier for the CMI user. The sequencer also works like a multi-track recorder, allowing up to eight individual parts to be overdubbed. Once a sequence is complete, it can be played using different sounds and even synchronized with other parts on a multi-track recorder. its unique capabilities as a live performance instrument, the Fairlight can also perform music itself. This arrangement of three times a lady has been typed in using the typewriter style keyboard. Full control of expression has been added as well, eliminating the mechanical feel usually associated with programmed music. composition language is simple to use because everything is entered in fairly standard musical terms. Compositions are simply typed in as A, B, C and so on for the notes, together with information about timing and expression. During playback, faders and pedals can be controlled automatically as part of the composition or manually by the user in real time. 
Since the Fairlight sound sampling technique captures every detail of a sound, the natural warmth of acoustic instruments is retained. sound and play it in pitch permits unlimited creative possibilities. Like the keyboard sequencer, a completed MCL score can play any sound. The composition can be completely arranged and tested before going into a studio where time is money. synchronization facility, up to 64 parts can be recorded on an 8-track tape recorder without any track bouncing. The Fairlight has been designed as a musician's instrument. Most of the composers performing on this tape have had no previous computer experience. This backing track was produced by a keyboard player after only a few hours instruction. Musicians with little technical background can also master the music composition language. All the remaining tracks on this tape have been performed this way. Using the music composition language, this piece was recorded on an 8-track tape recorder.
Using the composition language, this piece was recorded directly from the CMI onto a stereo tape recorder. This canoe trip down the Murrumbidgee River is performed entirely by the music composition language and recorded on a multi-track tape recorder using the tape synchronizing feature. authoritative comments about the Fairlight were made by Dr. Robert Moog, inventor of today's popular synthesizers. These comments were made at a musical industry presentation in Los Angeles. Around that time that I was getting into uh, the electronic musical instrument business myself, as a teenager and then a college student, Vladimir Yusachevsky, a new uh, member of the Columbia Music Department, was experimenting with tape recorders. His was a very big invention. His discovery, his development, was the beginning of the electronic music medium in this country. An idea that you began with a sound, and you got out your sculptor's chisels and your sandpaper, and uh, whatever other conceptual tools you like to deal with when you, when you thought about shaping sound, and you went to work on these sounds. You filtered them, you cut the tape up, articulated them, and so on, and then you put them together into completely new kinds of music which could never have existed uh, with just the more conventional acoustic musical instruments. The reason I'm here today is that I've, I've found the Fairlight to be by far the most intuitively efficient and satisfying tool for manipulating sounds that I've ever used. And that includes modular synthesizers. 
area of, of education and experimental music, this is a, a resource that I can only compare to uh, what you read about in Arabian Nights, where, you, where the reader is, is placed on the countryside and there's a, a homely opening of a cave that doesn't look like very much. It looks like something very simple. And you walk in and all suddenly it opens up and, and all these golden trees with jewels fruits hanging down, castles and palaces. It's, it's, it's literally that blinding and, and that spectacular when you get into this machine. I'm not being, uh, I'm not going overboard. Now, this is the feeling I've gotten in the six months that I, uh, I worked with the machine. There is no limit. Nothing ever converges in it. You begin to work on something, and out of that come three or four other ideas. Features that will be uh, of interest to all musicians are the really very basic features, besides the accessibility and the versatility of the instrument. The most basic thing is, is it going to work, and is it going to stay working, and am I going to want to get rid of it in a year or two or not? Organization of, of the instrument by software is your most important guarantee that this instrument will develop with the state of the art and with the requirements of its users. This is not a machine that will go out of date this year or next year, or as far as I can see, 10 years from now. What it does is just too useful musically and too general and too versatile to, to be limiting in any significant way. This tape will give you some idea as to how you can use the Fairlight. Your Fairlight distributor will be pleased to demonstrate just how simply the CMI can be used and discuss any special requirements you may have. This recording contains these same musical extracts without commentary. Mr. Matsuda is going to play his own song. It's called In the World of Solitude.
This is Tom Holmes. You've been listening to Synthesizer Demonstration Records, Part 2, on the Archive of Electronic Music. Details about each of these works can be found in the playlist on the podcast website. If you would like to learn more about the history of electronic music, please read my book, Electronic and Experimental Music, published by Routledge. Thanks so much, and so long until next time from the Archive of Electronic Music. All of the music heard in this podcast, unless otherwise indicated, is brought to you from the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music, a curated collection of vintage recordings. For a complete playlist, go to theholmesarchive.podbean.com. All crackles, surface noise, and other imperfections heard in this podcast are purely intentional. All intro, outro, and other incidental music is by Tom Holmes, unless otherwise noted in the playlist. For notes about this episode, please see the blog Noise and Notations at tomholmes.com. So long from deep inside the Holmes Archive of Electronic Music. <laughs>